This episode of Engineering the Future is brought to you by BMS Canada Risk Services, OSPI's trusted insurance broker for member liability coverage. BMS understands the risks that engineers face in their practice and provides OSPI members access to leading insurance products, advice, and support from experienced brokers, as well as risk management resources. For more information on how BMS can help protect you and even your business, visit OSPI's website or ospi.bmsgroup.com. This podcast is brought to you by OSPI, the Ontario Society of Professional Engineers, the advocacy body for professional engineers in the engineering community in Ontario. Welcome to Engineering the Future, a podcast presented by the Ontario Society of Professional Engineers. I am your host, Jerome James. On today's episode, I'm joined with Pauline Watson, member of the Environmental Task Force, and Nick Bergwin, chair of the Research and Innovation Task Force and OSPI board member. We will be discussing the results of the Ontario provincial election that just happened and what this newly re-elected government means to the different sectors of the engineering profession. Thank you both for joining us today. So let's get right into it. Can each of you tell us the goal of your task force and what some of the roles volunteers are assigned to do? Let's start with uh, Nick. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me uh, in this podcast as well. From the research and innovation task force perspective, the volunteers are all individuals that join the task force because they have an interest in the rather broad topic of research and innovation. And the activities that they can take on are definitely individually led. But the the overall goal of the task force is to try and develop content related to R&I, specifically for the engineering community. So whether that has to do with a particular area of research and innovation, aerospace, for instance, or whether that has to do with clean technology development or data protection or data privacy, all of these topics could be areas in which we might find ourselves with volunteers that join the task force. And those volunteers that join might have the interest to then drive uh, research that that could be formulated into blog posts for the OSPI website, or they could be formulated into podcasts or Eng talk videos. So there's a variety of different mediums in which we can share the the work that the task force does. Excellent. And uh, Pauline, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the environmental task force? Um, yes, and, and thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to, to talk about it. I, I've been on the Environmental Task Force now from for, uh, four or five years, long before the pandemic. Um, and uh, initially, uh, we were looking um, at, at uh, minimizing plastic waste. That was one of the big initiatives. That, uh, I spent a couple of years working on, on that, and it sort of morphed into... Um, an initiative that's being looked at from the current uh, task force on the circular economy, and and that encompasses uh, you know plastic use. Um, and the other uh, area, two other major areas that we're looking at currently, um, one uh, water resources, and the one I'm involved in is is the climate change initiative. And we formed a subgroup on that one because it's such a, a wide, all encompassing. Um, Initiative and uh, it's led up by three people. Uh, Tom Markowitz is is uh, 
heading up the industrial emissions sector and has recently done a paper on you know, reducing greenhouse gas emissions from Ontario freight trucks, which is um, progressing through the OSPE uh, procedures. And Carl Bonamede is is preparing a paper on um, on district energy or com- um, community energy. Sorry. And um, I have been working on, for I guess, the last couple of years, um, a project on deep energy retrofits or incentivizing deep energy retrofits as a way of, of reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, as um, was said by, by Nicholas, we are always on the lookout for subject matter experts um, who, can, who can add to these um, areas. And we're also... I, as OSPE develops their strategic plan, I think we'll be looking at different <clears throat> initiatives in the environmental area. Absolutely. Great. Thank you for that. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, the Ontario uh, provincial election just happened last week. We uh, woke up Friday morning to a re-elected Conservative government with uh, record low turnout. Um, they had a proposed budget before being elected and since being elected have announced that there's going to be some tweaks to it. What do each of you, what do you guys want to see this new government focus on? Uh, we'll start with Pauline this time. Um, yes, I think um, Ontario and Canada has a long way to go in, in reducing its greenhouse gas emissions. And I'm going to speak from, from my role with the, the climate change uh, subgroup. Um, and I, the, the Liberal government that was in, in power prior to the current Conservative government had a lot of um, uh, initiatives uh, such as the feed-in tariff for green energy, subsidies for electric vehicles. Um, and a lot of these these initiatives were were cancelled when, when the Conservatives came into power. And in fact, the Conservatives uh, abolished the environmental commissioner post that was uh, sort of holding us accountable to our commitments uh, for reducing greenhouse gas emissions. And, and um, it changed, changed the name of the ministry from environment and climate change to, uh, what was it, conservation, parks, and the environment. So the focus has completely come off climate change. During the election campaign, um, there were very the various parties had different um, perspectives on on climate change, and I think the other three parties right. were mm-hmm. um, looking at um, you know greater greater targets, stronger targets, and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, they were looking at um, incentivizing retrofits through more grants and interest free loans. Um, and so I was disappointed that these initiatives weren't you know, part of the Conservative Party platform, but I think that climate change is an issue that is nonpartisan. And I think the Conservative Party, and I believe that they are as concerned about the rest of us, but the way they, they do it is going to have to agree with their philosophy. So I would really like to encourage some of our our um, you know climate change initiatives to be considered, but in the light of you know what their priorities are for the province. Absolutely, and um, I saw firsthand working in the energy conservation retrofit space 
that rolling back of different type of products that you and incentives to to retrofit um, um, building and infrastructure um, and large equipment uh, manufacturing equipment. Um, what do you do when these types of initiatives or incentives go away? What kind of advice would you give um, engineers or the general public um, to uh, move these items further in light of uh, the current provincial government uh, climate? Well, I think there's a lot of things that we as individuals can do. And as a single individual, they might not be that effective, but as a conglomerate of individuals, we can be effective. Um, I did a, a recent degree in um, uh, you know, McMaster on um, you know, engineering and public policy, and my inquiry was on how do you change human behavior to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and what are the barriers to changing behavior. And, you know, there are barriers that are related to policy and regulation and financial incentive. And I think that if we want to get people to change, not just individually, but significantly, we really need policies and regulations that, that will help them. These, these are barriers that have we've been trying for decades now and made very little progress, because partly because the cost of the changes that we want to make are prohibitive and, and there are barriers to implementing them. So I think we can, you know, my, my particular interest in, is, is if you're, when you're building new homes, new homes, you should make sure that uh, that they they contain all the energy efficiency energy efficiency measures that are in the Canadian Building Code. And I'd like to see Ontario adopt those energy efficiency measures. But but there has to be a demand from the customer for that from from the home buyer. Right. And right. and the other aspect is the existing stock of homes, um, where you know, a lot of people are renovating now. They're not buying new. There's a there's a shortage of housing. People are, are spending a lot of money on renovations, but there's currently no requirement to include energy retrofit measures in your renovation. Um, and so people don't do it. So I think people have to be aware that, you know, when you're replacing the roof, there's an opportunity to improve your insulation. If you're replacing your siding, you can improve your insulation. You have to, you have to create the you know the demand so that that there's a market and 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 the government could help too by by incentivizing that could help the whole green industry green industry so you have to you have to increase the demand for these products and that will bring down the cost and we can individually do that right and green retrofits improve the value of your home into the future isn't that right yes i would love to see well one one uh, thing that had been proposed years ago was to have energy efficiency labeling on on required for the sale of your house, so that if, oh, if you were to buy a house, you would you would know how much uh, natural gas it used, how much electricity it used, and or that could yeah if you if you were to make your house more energy efficient, it's apparent to the buyer and and it could you know improve the the price you know as well as the long term operating cost of a of a home. Excellent. Uh, so these, Nick, these are not things. Yeah, sorry. Oh, oh no. I was just, sorry. I was just going to uh, say that these thought. are not things that are, are, are uh, you know, against the conservative philosophy. I think that there's no reason why the conservative party can't, can't go along with, with uh, this kind of thing. Sorry. Absolutely. Uh, Nick, what do you want the government to focus on? Well, I echo a lot of the comments that Pauline has made. I think the 
clean tech sector in general is something that clean technology sector in general is something that is a is going to be a key sector for us in the future as canadians we're we're a global leader in terms of clean technology development and it's a bit of a shame not to see the support from the ontario government uh, to continue to foster those types of innovations and support them from being established here, from being developed and, and having the research done here. So I, I think that that's a missed opportunity. I, I do have to give credit to to the Conservative government in terms of it's I'm, I'm happy to see they, they have developed a, an IP strategy and they do have support that they're beginning to develop for companies, companies not just in clean technologies, but just kind of across the board in terms of trying to help out small and medium-sized businesses with their IP portfolio. So trying to support them into how do they establish their intellectual property plan? How do they fund that intellectual property? Uh, so that is something that the Conservatives are helping to establish and, and helping to fund. I would that currently the fund is only $58 million, I think, spread over three years. I think that could be a little bit larger in terms of a dollar amount if, if you really want to support IP development and establish a presence where Ontario companies are really putting their roots in and, and paying money and, and taking the research and translating that into IP. I think there needs to be a bit more than $58 million invested there. I, I would also like to see from the Ontario government this, this idea to expand on, on what Pauline had mentioned is to be a larger supporter of a first adopter of clean technologies or of new technology development that's happening in Ontario. I think the federal government, whether it was the current, whether it is the current liberal government or whether it was the previous conservative government, the federal government has been a big supporter of, of climate change and clean technology. And that holds true when you look at the Sustainable Development Technology Fund well over a billion dollars that has been put towards funding clean technology development and clean technology companies in Canada. And I think that there's an opportunity for the Ontario government to follow a bit of what has been done at the federal level, but to, to try to push it forward on the provincial level. So that would be what I'd like to see from the, the Ontario government. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. At OSPE, we're here for you making sure government, media, and the public are listening to the voice of engineers. You can learn more at ospi.on.ca. Excellent. Um, could you uh, draw that line between um, promotion of sustainable development and incentivizing? Uh, what, what drives incentivizing? Is it strictly financial incentives or would you say um, IP protection works into, into it as well? Um, does that put us at the forefront of techn technology innovation uh, to rival um, our neighbors to the south? Can you put a little bit of a perspective on it, on what actions actually uh, translate to um, being a proponent? I think it's it, it's absolutely multifaceted. It, it's a larger problem that I think just the provincial government can do. I think that 
part of it comes down to being able to to bring in uh, foreign talent that can come in and, and can help uh, set up roots here in Ontario and, and establish technology companies or help support current Ontario companies expand in, in technology development. That has been a big uh, area where the federal government has, has tried to provide support which has led to, to a lot of uh, international companies locating themselves here in Toronto as a little bit of a Silicon Valley of the North. I think the thing that the Ontario government can do, especially when it comes to technology adoption, is to look at policies and to look at what the government is doing, whether it is a policy that's in place that prevents clean technology adoption or just new technology adoption, or whether there isn't a policy in place to support the adoption of a new technology. And I think that that being able to establish a company or being able to develop technologies and then deploy them locally is a key aspect right. to starting and establishing and growing a company. And I think companies set up routes where they first can have an impact. I think it's difficult to be a company, but most of your products get shipped out somewhere else. And it, it's just simply hard to support that. So I think the from an Ontario government perspective, where they can focus is looking at policies that both support adoption, but also ensure that they don't inhibit adoption. Because there can be policies that might simply prevent uh, a solar panel from being put in place in a certain area, just because it's a historic policy or a historic law that, that might just need to be updated. So there, there's something to be done from the provincial government perspective on, on that front, I think. Okay. Um, so from Pauline's perspective, she's a little apprehensive on this new government. Nick, you, you see, seem a little bit more, um, uh, that there might be some opportunities that are arising from the, uh, current agenda with this new government. But it seems like there's a little bit of a cross uh, communication between uh, the agendas in the Innovation Task Force as well as in the Environmental Task Force. Are there opportunities for these task forces to work together to achieve um, like a, a team goal or any type of cross communication? Uh, could I uh, answer or go first on that one? Oh yes, Pauline, go ahead. Yeah, I was I was quite excited by one some of the things Nick was saying on on. Um, I mean, I've been, our task force has been dealing mostly with the energy task force, uh, but but the whole idea of making these green energy technologies affordable. Uh, one of the solutions to that is bringing the companies to Canada to Ontario, and and one of the things that that has been looked at is, is for example, windows. You, you know, some of the really energy efficient triple pane windows are uh, available in Germany at a fraction of the cost that they're available here. So when you when you replace your window, I, I did mine recently, and they said, "Oh no, you don't want those triple pane windows. Uh, you know, they're, they're too expensive, even with the subsidy." But I think it's important, you know, to the innovation, research and innovation, to, to have those companies in Ontario who, who would know that they would have a demand for their product because of government policy and who could innovate and, and give us, you know, very, you know, triple pane, uh, low emissivity windows at a, at a, at a competitive price. Um, heat right. pumps as well is, a, is another area. 
There's no, you know, we could certainly do that uh, if there was if there was some sort of government support to 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 sort of almost guarantee or ensure there was going to be a demand for those products. It would Absolutely. it's a win win. More jobs, uh, reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah, it's great. I know um, for a fact that Ontario and North America are light years behind in uh, heat pump technical innovation. <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, I think that that's one aspect that uh, is a key player or key component in our future energy conservation um, um, framework um, moving forward if we want to achieve some of these targets that uh, the federal government has uh, said that they want to achieve. Um, so moving on to our next question. Uh, if you could have any policy point implemented in the government tomorrow, what would that be? What sort of out-of-the-box policy points would you love to see happen or implemented? Uh, we'll start with you, Nick. My, my biggest interest would be to see the government be a first user of clean technologies. I think that that, that is a, a very compelling idea. It's a challenging idea to to wrap your head around that the government is going to be the first adopter of these technologies. However, if, if the government is willing to take a risk and and be that first adopter, that would encourage companies to set up and establish themselves here. And you can really drive innovation if you can put the right incentives to say if it has to be a clean technology, it's got to be a company that has 50% ownership in Ontario or some other corporate structure that that helps to promote the idea that that jobs are being created here, that the technology and the research, the assembly of the products are being uh, done here in Ontario. I think the Ontario government has done similar things like this with the, the most recent investments into the EV space. I think those are positive. I think those are great. I mean, even just today, just before we started this podcast, I, I saw the Ontario government, there's a picture of Doug Ford at a in a farm field somewhere in Windsor, where they just announced a new battery plant that's coming and going to be established there. And I think that's great. However, the battery technology is not being designed or developed here in Ontario. It's simply being produced to where it makes sense to be produced. It makes sense to produce electric vehicle batteries where electric vehicles are being built. And so it, it's a logical extension of, yes, let's establish a factory there. What I'd like to see the government do is drive more of this is where technology is developed because when you develop the technology here, the Ontario government will help support or test or evaluate that new technology. Certainly takes on a risk. There, not every new technology is successful or has real commercial uh, opportunity, but it does promote more research and development to be done here. I think the federal government has done a great job of doing that at the, with the Sustainable Development Technology Fund, specifically for clean technologies. But I think the Ontario government has an opportunity to do that as well and, and to continue to, to give that opportunity to companies. So that would be something that I'd love to see as a policy that they could implement as effectively the first user. Excellent. Um, Pauline? Um, yeah, I, there's a few. Uh, I'll try to summarize the, the points I would love to see. I saw in the news recently, you know, we're all faced with this housing problem, housing affordability problem. And um, I think that uh, 
conservative government was talking about a, a promise to build, I think, one and a half million new homes. I would like to see those homes be energy efficient with the best measures uh, from the uh, Canadian building code or the best measures globally. But that leaves the whole um, suite of existing stock of homes and buildings. And I would, this is my off the wall one. I would love to see the government address the existing stock of homes and buildings and provide some incentive to people who are reducing the greenhouse gas emissions, who, who would make, who would put the money in to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions, because that is actually going to be helping Ontario's numbers and, 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 and Canada's numbers. So if they could put in a requirement or some uh, incentive, whether it's through more grants or interest-free loans, uh, and set some targets for addressing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, say 5% uh, of existing buildings retrofitted per year. That's what you need to do if you want to meet the target of net zero by 2050. Right. And, um, yeah, that's my, my wish. Great. Thank you so much uh, to both of you for sharing your insights on the Innovation Task Force and the Environment Task Force um, here at OSPI. Um, I feel like we've learned a lot about the type of work that happens in task force today. And um, thank you for shedding some light on your thoughts on the current climate in Ontario and in, in extension in Canada for uh, innovation and environmental ideas. And for the listeners out there, if you would like to be involved in advocacy work being done at OSPI, email us at advocacy at ospi.on.ca. Today, we've been speaking with Pauline Watson, member of the Environmental Task Force, and Nick Bergwin, chair of the Research and Innovation Task Force and OSPI board member. I'm your host, Jerome James, and you've been listening to Engineering the Future. Thanks for listening. From all of us at OSPI, the Ontario Society of Professional Engineers, thanks for listening please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.